Hello and welcome. A very, very vic. Well, not necessarily victorious of Soccer to the Max, but at least, at least you know that officially, officially, the United States is now part of the 2022 World Cup. You don't have to worry about any kind of repechaje. The the playoff Costa Rica does, but the United States is qualified. Not in the spot you probably would have wanted them to. They are officially behind. Canada and Mexico qualifying in third, thanks to a 2-0 loss to Costa Rica in Costa Rica in San Jose. The record was not broken, uh, so both the records still stand as far as the the mountains of World Cup qualifying, which winning in Azteca or winning in Mexico uh, for the United States, and then also winning in Costa Rica. Both of those have still not happened. It's actually quite... Weird considering the U.S. basically put out an A squad against the Costa Rica B squad, which was necessitated uh, necessitated by the fact that Costa Rica had nine players on a yellow card. And if they had any of those players, which they had, did have two players that got yellow cards in this game, any of those players had gotten yellow cards, they are unavailable for that playoff game against officially New Zealand. Uh, like, we knew that was going to happen. They won 5-0 against Solomon Islands. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the game that will be played in June, one of the few. Uh, so Costa Rica still has to get through that. But the United States men's national team has qualified now. We don't have to go through what happened many, many years ago. You can actually go listen or watch that. or Well, you can go listen to that podcast on YouTube. It's probably still our, our highest uh, listen to watch podcast we've ever done for Socket of the Max. Uh, way back when, coming on just an hour, I think, after that whole debacle happened. Uh, but I'm so glad that we were talking about more brighter things on on this edition of the show, Eric. Uh, I mean, obviously the game doesn't mean anything. In the grand scheme of things, when you look at once the World Cup starts, it doesn't matter how you made it, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it only matters in a sense because now... And I explained this on Twitter. Now the real chaos for the United States is the draw. Who are we going to play? And we'll find that out in very short order. Friday morning, 10 a.m., even if that's when it happens. But would you have liked to at least win, especially after being level at the half in San Jose for the first time since 90? Yes. But at the same time, as long as you're not out there getting completely embarrassed, the job would be done. Now, you can take these next eight months, have your friendly windows, sort out your 8-20 to squad, and really work from there. That's what really all this was about anyways, making sure you can do that. Very interesting. There's only officially now, don't, and I mean, really, you can't add anything to that FIFA calendar. There's only two... FIFA windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, from now to the beginning of November 21st, when the World Cup of Guitar actually begins. Very interesting. You're not going to have this run-up of a bunch of friendly games, you know, like you normally would uh, in many years past. As, you know, again, you're running into the... It's the difference between playing the tournament in June and then paying, playing the tournament in the middle of many European seasons and everything else. So... These players will be getting a lot of uh, run-ins with their club teams, not so much with the Nationals. So it will be very interesting how this is all going to look when these players come in. 
when you get to that that time of the year, obviously. But let's look at, I guess, since we kind of have to, the game did happen. Um, like I said, the United States did play their pretty much their A team here. I mean, you're missing the players that you didn't have when you started this window, obviously. But you made the changes to basically play the same squad that you played against Mexico. You know, Acosta comes back in. Um, uh, so Luca de Torre goes back to the bench. You have Tim Weah come back in. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin comes back in. Um, who was the other uh, change I can't think of right this minute? But either way, and for the first 45 minutes, they looked pretty good. They had the chances. Um, aside from a giveaway, once again, by the U.S., that allowed Costa Rica to sort of have a semblance of an opportunity. It was really the U.S. pressing and going forward and pushing for it. They had the the Miles Robinson uh, hit later uh, early on where the ball kind of came back to him and he struck it. It hit right at uh, Kaylor Navas, but mm-hmm. a good hit from him uh, nonetheless. Uh, you had Pepe with a shot, which perhaps if he would have thought about it, maybe you cross it back to Pulisic who's open there and sort of front a goal instead of kind of going for the angle that you know one of the best goalkeepers in the world was going to have at that point. Um, uh, you had a few set pieces that were interesting that you couldn't take advantage of. Seven corners to two with, at the end of the half. I mean, you had to be um, impressed with that and a 60 to 40% possession as well away from home. You know, you're not, you're not it. You know, you're, again, you're going to go through Costa Rica B team, but still, I mean, um, it took a lot for them to to come out and really they really pressed them. They really felt like the U.S. was trying to come out and win this game. Uh, what did you think about that first forty five? I mean, I was honestly impressed in a lot of big moments. And you mentioned yourself, Yedlin to Wea using, and I tweeted about this during the match. Speed kills going forward in times in a weird way, almost ignoring the midfield, even though Yusa got a lot of the ball and did some great things with taking on players in the field. But it was just going up and down and noting how everything leading up to the final third was great. But as you noted, and as we've talked about, with Epi being more of a poaching style and not really that full-on number nine, I think some of those things were still missing. And had you had just those minor tweaks, that one early goal, that would have killed the game. But the fact that we still kept going forward, still really kept pushing on set feet. Couple of the second phases with corners left a bit to be desired. But the first 45, again, it was nil-nil. And the result, I wasn't mad. Yeah, exactly. It, and then it took, it didn't take very long. Uh, Miles Robinson, again, had an opportunity off a corner with a header that and would have had some wicked pace and great angle, but Kaylor Navas with a great, again, he's not one of the best goalkeepers in the world for nothing. He makes a great, a great save, and then a few minutes later, uh, free um, one of the two times that I thought Zach Steffen uh, caused issues uh, in this game. He, uh, was it uh, Walker Zimmerman that got beat? Just, you had uh, Vargas kind of running in behind, mm-hmm. and he comes in and just He's first to the ball, hits it. Yep. Zach Steffen's kind of late to see it. It goes off his hand and into the net. And, yeah, Costa Rica on the board first. And that would not be the, the last time we hear from them as they score again off another free kick that uh, this time 
it's weird because Zach Steffen is at fault, makes a save, and then it's back to the defense again. Uh, Zach Steffen should have held on to the ball the first time. Oh, yeah. Um, he holds on to the ball the first time. That prevents what was a major mad scramble in the box on that second goal. Yeah. And you have a guy coming in so right near the six, centered himself perfectly and tapped it. Yeah, he he made himself big on mm-hmm. that, that second block, but then he kind of just put it back into the field of play again. is isn't necessarily what you want. And then, again, uh, Contreras is first to the ball, is able to get it in. I thought a little bit hint to offside, but they they viewed it and he was not. Um, and then you know the U.S. had a few chances here and there, but uh, nothing totally clear cut. Um, uh, Musa had a a chance as well there, but unfortunately, uh, once she had some of the subs come on, it wasn't the same. And you know Costa Rica would go on and win on the night. Obviously. Everybody knew the mountain they had to climb. Getting six goals in the United States was never going to be easy. Uh, credit again to the U.S. for not just like bunkering in and trying to make sure they didn't get six scored on them. They went, they went for it. They didn't get it, and that's another game that they lose away. Uh, it's crazy to think that the only game the United States has won, and that required that heroic comeback, was in Honduras. That's it. They. Drew in Azteca, Drew in Azteca, they lost here in San Jose, they lost in Canada. Yep. Uh, You know, it's, what was the, I feel like I'm, I'm they lost in, or they drew in Jamaica, should have lost. Yeah, should have lost lost in Jamaica. Um, Well, even though, again, you could have said, you know, red cards with some players in Jamaica, never no different kind of game there. But, I mean, just, this horrid or wayful for this team. And, you know, where you can say, oh, great, you're supposed to not, you're supposed to, ah, you draw away, you win at home. That's how you get through qualifying. Well, I mean, these players are going to cutter. I mean, not not a lot of these players in period can say they've been as a whole, uh, not just the U.S., but like all these uh, you know, players are going to be in the World Cup. But again, you're not playing these games in the United States. You're playing no. these games in a totally different setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going away and then... Yep. I mean, I feel like there's something to be said for maybe that is really where it comes down to the the all these players are young. You know, it, the average age is 23. You could literally field an Olympic team with the players for the most part. Are you are you worried about that at all? Like how they have not really been able to put on good performances aside from 30 minutes in Honduras? Yes, away? yes, and no. Now part of it is the attitude of okay hostile environment you have loads of away fans at the stadium a lot of them even more rabid than the u.s fans and we've really come up a lot in that regard you can look at the state of the pitches the state of everything else i think that's definitely was going to be the big thing that's going to be an adjustment will still be an adjustment going forward the one reason why i'm not as terribly worried cutter is in some ways similar to south africa where you had a much more neutral territory. Yes, you're still going with your fans, your ultras from the other team, but you're playing in stadia that are going to be at the very least as good, if not in some better, than what you're playing at here in home soil. So there's going to be that They're solid brand level. brand new for the most part. 
Exactly. So there's going to be some level of comfort. It's like, okay, we've played on this type of grass. We play here. We know like this and that. We can get a good lay at the land. It's not going to be at home, but it's not going to be this big, intense, us against the world kind of situation. So I think, if anything, that could play a little bit more to the U.S.'s advantage than as a disadvantage. I mean, how do you feel about qualifying on a loss? It's kind of weird, right? I mean, given to myself, and I go back, and I even go back to our last two shows of that qualifying cycle in 2017, I was like, look, don't let this sit and wait until the last minute. Don't sit and wait until the last minute because we're going to get burned. We ended up getting burned. I'm looking at this and it's like, okay, it's in a technical sense not job done. It's officially job done. That was the main focus. And it's like, the w- it's like those particular movies that are good movies but have a very, very weird ending and you're frustrated. Yeah. It's like one of those. You're frustrated at the ending. You wish there was a better ending. But if you look at the whole of the movie and you go back and watch it again, it's like, you know, it wasn't that bad. I just wish there would have been more than this at the very end. Or they don't cut the black and Sopranos. Things like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess very true on that. I mean, so thinking about that for a second, I mean... How do you feel about this whole qualifying cycle as a whole? I mean, credit to Greg Berhalter for sticking it out with this young group. He didn't ever take a moment to just be like, ah, let's bring in the old guard for uh, a spell. Like, oh, let's let's bring in this guy or that guy. You know, he stuck with those players um, and then just kept bringing in more and more players to mm-hmm. give them opportunities, whether it was starts, whether it was coming off the bench. Um, he rotated a lot. I mean, sometimes to his detriment, obviously. Right. But the team got through. Mission accomplished as far as that is concerned. Um, you got the team back to the World Cup for the first time since 2014. Uh, you're going to be in pot two along with Mexico. What what do you think will be that lasting thing when we look back at the cycle and say, regard? I mean, obviously having that next World Cup on home soil for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, you won't have any competitive qualifying matches or whatever that you have to go through. I will be a much different World Cup 48 teams at that point. Do you think we will look back at this positively as a, okay, this got this group of players ready to go for when they're 27, 28, 29 uh, to be at their highest possible peak when you're getting to the World Cup 2026? Or do you have concerns? I don't really have concerns because... You would have to look at this, and you brought it up perfect to mind. Are they good enough, talented enough, to put the ghosts of 20 in behind them for everybody? We answered that first question, yes. Now, how they do Cutter, expectations are going to temper. Yes, you would love to see a great performance, a couple of wins, maybe an appearance in the knockout stage. That's what I would be happy with. But then at the same time, while qualifying for 2024, you really have to look and say, okay, this is going to be the team that's in their second, in some players' cases, third, 
World Cup qualifying cycle leading up to 2020. And everybody's already saying for 2020. You may not be favorites to Well, win. I mean, there's no cycle. Well, it's but really just I, playing a bunch of friendlies. Right, but what I'm saying is this. It may not be a cycle for us, but for everybody else, we're laying in wait. And this is the point. This is going to be for 2026. Nobody's outright saying the U.S. she favored or will be favored. But if you even looked at the CBS Sports Network telecast in the postgame, he said, could the U.S. put themselves in a position to go the farthest the U.S. has ever been in a World Cup? Maybe some hints at the best chance of winning a World Cup on home soil. That's definitely in Burhalter's mind right now. And getting these players I mean, that World Cup experience. going to have the opportunity, it would be when it is soil. Right, so. and that's in Burhalter's mind right now. And now, he's looking at even these next eight months and in Qatar itself and saying, okay, you have World Cup experience. You're going to have World Cup experience. You know what this is going to be like. We're not going to have to go, and if I'm being honest, even though it's not going to be an actual cycle, I would plot out friendlies very carefully and saying, right. okay, remember, this is still going to be rough and tumble, and you know what these certain teams that you're going to have to go up against are going to be like. Take all of your experience from now all the way up through 2023, 2024, etc. Accumulate this so we know what it takes to really make that run. Very true. Uh, very true. I mean, there's there's still a long ways from now to November. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot can happen. A lot can happen for any of these. Uh, a lot can happen for the United States men's national team. You would hope that you have not only the four players that are missing uh, that have been key cogs in this cycle, but also that, you know, you have some players in a better run of form that they have been lately. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned uh, Ricardo Pepe. You mentioned the number nine. I think for me, the one glaring thing that has been a thorn in this, in my side and, and obviously in many others, you do not have a solidified striker for this squad. You don't have somebody that you can look to and go, okay, this is where the goals are going to come from mm -hmm. when you don't have Christopher Pulis is firing in all cylinders. You don't have uh, Gio Reyna, you know, who's still kind of coming back from things. Uh, you know, you know what you have on the wings. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, you can put Ferreira at a false nine, whatever. But it's like those those guys that we thought we were going to be able to count on haven't. We saw Pepe have that little 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 mini run. You know, at Tren, it, he's he's going to be the next one. He gets this huge move to Augsburg, and then nah, nothing. And that was the worry, was that Augsburg is not a team that generates chance. Yeah, he can play, but if he's not actually getting anything up front, is it really benefiting him? And then now he's even getting to the point where he doesn't really get a lot of game time or get games at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and then obviously, unfortunately for Jordan Peefock, every time he steps on the pitch, except for that, uh, Confederation, uh, the um, uh, Nations League semifinal against Honduras where he scores the goal. Aside from then, he's been kind of disappointing as far as for Greg Berhalter. Every time he sees him, he's just missing a chance. And that doesn't help him. In that's somebody that I thought we might see in this game. Mm -hmm. Why not give him an opportunity to get 
60 minutes and see what you get out of him. You already know what you got with Ricardo Pepe. I don't think you needed to bring Ricardo Pepe in to play this game. Does he have good combination play? Okay, fine. Sure, he does. Pulisic and Wea up front and, and whoever else. But, I mean, you even know what you're getting from Ferreira at this I would have really liked to see give P-Fopberg an opportunity. But I understand Greg Greg did not do what I thought maybe he would rotate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Greg did not do what Costa Rica did. He just went out there and said, we want to be that first team to to win in San Jose. He put out his best team, or what he thinks is the best team that he has available, and it worked for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But the fact still remains, you're playing in a World Cup now. Somebody's got to hit lightning. Somebody has got to hit some kind of fire. Oh, yeah. Or you're going to run into an issue where you really worry about are, are they are they going to contemplate playing Christopher in the false nine, you know, or is Ferrer the false nine going to be your answer because you don't trust anybody else, you know? And man, I really hope like whether it's a Daryl DK, whether it's Peafock, whether it's Sergeant, whether it whether it is Peppy at some point, somebody gets hot that you yeah. can feel like okay, he's in a good run of form. Let's go with him. Because all credit to Spain. If for, you know, making the false nine, riding that to a World Cup win. Let's be fair. That was a one-time you need, and I say all the time, you need ideally two strikers. I'll settle for one. One. Give me one. And we can work from there. Yeah, it's just, it's just really concerning. You know, you have, you have really good players. Great players, even. But when you, when you need those that guy that's going to step up and, you know, coming from nowhere. When you're when you're down in the trenches, you're grinding it out. You, you're playing against this team that has you every which way, which they're going to run into. Mm-hmm. Let's think of, that's the thing that, you know, when you look at other other qualifying cycles, they've had those friendlies really kind of prop up also to qualifying. U.S. didn't have that because, you know, now you have the Nations League. Yep. Nations League for UEFA, so you don't yep. have these big European teams playing the United States and and even you know Africa had the the Afcon to worry about so you don't have this this line of friendlies that you can go oh man we really got to face some tough teams i mean everything you want to say about Jurgen Klinsmann at least he got them to play some major european mm-hmm. teams in europe and got them mm-hmm. some experience that you know this team unfortunately has not been able to they get that experience from their club teams. They they play at an extremely high level. Many of these players do. Um, but or I mean these are the top top players. But you'd love to see it as a team. So really it's just CONCACAF. They played mm-hmm. a bunch of CONCACAF. And you have to wonder who knows who they're gonna get to play. There's some talk about Argentina Navy, but who knows what Argentina team is actually gonna show up for those games. Um you know, there's some talk of uh, some other teams, but even then, it's just man, it's uh, unfortunate that you won't have this big run of games that you get to go and and play these different teams, kind of get a flavor for different kinds of matchups for these players as a team. So it really will be stepping on the pitch and cutter, and these first times you're meeting, say, uh, Portugal or an Argentina. Or France, whoever it is you draw from pot one, you know, and, and even, you know, some of the the African sides that you might play or the Asian sides you might play. 
Um, that's going to be an interesting, you know, if you wind up with a South American side, say a, an Ecuador, Uruguay, I mean, how are you, how is that, that team going to match up there? I mean, that's a whole new ball game for Greg Verhalter. As he was saying when he came in, this was the biggest week of his life, uh-huh. uh, coaching life, but it's different to play in a MLS Cup or, or again, just play Gold Cup, play CONCACAF. This is a whole different deal, and it's um, it's going to be interesting what happens there. But I think another glaring thing for me is goalkeeper. And it's weird to say the United States has always been a great goalkeeping nation, and they definitely have some terrific goalkeepers. But I think we're starting to finally see what happens when Zach Steffen doesn't play. Yep. Yep. And he is he doesn't look confident. Um, these last two games have not been – I mean, really, the three games weren't really good for him. He just – Happened to not face a lot with Mexico, but I really and I and I worry because the one guy we could turn to, who knows when he's going to play with our Arsenal, you know, mm-hmm. and he's going to run into the same problem where he'll get a game here and there, but right now, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna take out that goalkeeper they have at Arsenal. He's he's playing too good, and Arsenal's on too good of a run right now. You're not gonna you're not gonna mess that up. So. Outside of an injury where Matt Turner gets to step in, it just you don't you don't see it. So your two top goalkeepers are playing for some great teams in England, but will they will they get a lot of opportunities from here to the World Cup? You know, so you're looking at Ethan Harbath, who, to be fair, has played well. I thought we would see him in the Costa Rica game. Like, why not give him a run? Mm-hmm. Let him have a game because you never know you might be needing him. You know, it's just. Well, well, again, we have to just see how that goes. But let's look ahead, Eric, to the World Cup draw on Friday. Like you said, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I said the U.S. is going to be in pot two with Mexico. Uh, now, the same a team from the same confederation cannot play each other in the group. U.S. cannot play Mexico. They can't play Canada. They can't play Costa Rica. Yeah, the only time is if you have two European teams in right, the same group. Right, because they had the but- most... Yeah, they have 13 spots in the eight groups, but that's it. Right. So let's just go through this for the sake of uh, saying that. Uh, well, first of all, should should just go ahead and finish the... This is how World Cup qualifying ended uh, for CONCACAF here. Uh, Canada wound up being, due to goal difference, ahead of Mexico in the first spot with 28 points. Mexico, number two, with 28 points. U.S. 25 points in third, and then Costa Rica, of course, 25 points. Uh, but they're going to the playoff. They played in June against New Zealand. Panama, with a respectable 21 points, uh, actually beating Canada in the, their ga- their uh, final game. And then Jamaica, able to get uh, some points over Honduras, uh, which has been the worst team in, in CONCACAF, qualifying by a long mile. Uh, to wind up in sixth over El Salvador uh, with 11, El Salvador with 10, Honduras with the lowly four. Who would have thought that? I mean, those contractions have been great for how many cycles? Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, did not win a single game in did the not. octagonal. They lost 10 and draw, drew four. Let that Oof. sink in, everybody. Negative 19 wow. goal difference. But yeah, that's how the final concept standings finished. Uh, the, why didn't, they, that's weird. They didn't have that. Kyle Laren winds up being the, uh, golden boot winner of Conquest World Cup qualifying with 13 goals. Jonathan David with nine in second. 
and the U.S. is nowhere in the top five. Uh, Tony Rugamas, eight, is third. And Cecile Waterman from Panama is that. Uh, I mean, I guess it says something about the U.S. having just a lot more variety in their goals. But um, so like my teams, when I play top 11, I'll win the lead, but I'm nowhere close to having a golden boot winner. But it, I, sometimes it, that's a good thing. Yeah, but it also shows that whole lack of a number nine thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have that out-and-out goal scorer that you say, okay, that's the, the player we're going to get behind. So here we go with the pots. Uh, Cutter, of course, the host. They're always in group A, slot one, pot one. That's how that always goes. However long they've decided to do that. Uh, Brazil, Belgium, France, who are the current holders. Argentina, England, Spain, and Portugal, who did beat North Macedonia. Uh, to qualify for the World Cup. So those are your pot one. Uh, pot two, United States, Mexico, Croatia, Uruguay, Switzerland, Germany, Denmark, Netherlands. So you can't face a Uruguay in the group stage, but they are in the same pot. So Mexico, this is all by FIFA World Cup ranking, I should mm-hmm. as well. Um, so they didn't. They had to do it that way due to the pandemic and then shortening the everything. That's how things roll. Uh, pot three, Iran, Japan, Morocco, Serbia, Poland, South Korea, Senegal, and Tunisia. Canada would have been pot three, but because they lost to Panama, they wound up in pot four, Tunisia, uh, which you would have thought would have been a spot. Uh, so those are some of the potential matchups you could see for a U.S. there. You would hope that you don't draw... Poland, I guess. But watch out with some of these African teams, you know, Senegal, Morocco, uh, not teams you want to play with there. But that being said, because Canada's in pot four now, man, watch out for any of these, like, they could round up a group of death here. Um, As you get Ecuador, after really having that, like, third place secured for most of qualifying, just decided to kind of whimper into the fourth spot. Um, Ecuador, Saudi Arabia, Ghana, who were able to beat Nigeria, Nigeria. due to the away goals. And then Cameroon with a thrilling finish over Algeria with a 124th minute uh, goal after Algeria had scored like four minutes earlier, thinking they were going to the World Cup. No, sir. Denied at the last minute. Uh, so Cameroon in here. And then, of course, the three spots will still have to be determined. Uh, Wales, Ukraine, Scotland, that game has to be. Uh, those, those games have to be played, the Ukraine, Scotland, and then whoever wins goes on to play Wales. Uh, New Zealand, Costa Rica, obviously, that we've already talked about. And then Peru awaits the winner of Australia and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, should note that Peru played Australia last go-around. Uh, that being said, there's your pots for, uh, <laughs> at least, you know, you can't get Canada. True. So if you can avoid Poland, I think if you're the U S you're, you're liking your chances, you know, who you could get in a pot three or four. Um, and then pot one, I mean, obviously it would be nice to get cutter, but you had to play some of these, these big teams, you know, be able to throw metal against these big teams at some point. Is there a team in pot one that you go, oh, man, maybe I'm not so worried about them? I'm going to be honest. Aside from Cutter, the main one that I would not want to face would definitely Portugal stack. 
Yeah, but I mean, the way they play, they don't play like this uber-talented team that just has all... I mean, they do have all these great players, but they play pretty much like around Ronaldo, and then everybody kind of shifts and moves, and they don't play this like... You know, you're expecting to play like Manchester City. You know, you're expecting Mm -hmm. to play like that with, with all these tremendous players. They don't play that way. They play very defense first, you know, kind of game. And you feel like they're a little bit vulnerable sometimes. They, they can be, but even more so than that, you'd be in some ways to say France, even though they just won the Men's League, but same roughly right kind of next door to them. I get the, all of the hype surrounding Belgium, and especially at the time, at the same time, looking at them now, it's like, they, in my mind, are just as vulnerable to me as you were mentioning about Portugal. To mention, it would be sweet revenge for that round of singing match exactly. many years ago. Would be. Uh, you know, not to mention they, they have this uh, ability to, like, get through the group stage, but then when it comes to where they're supposed to shine, mm-hmm. they wind up not doing so uh, in the knockout stage. You know, could they have a slip-up? When you think this might be the the last hurrah for that golden generation. Maybe Belgium, even though they are the number one ranked team in the world, maybe they wouldn't be such a, you know. I don't know that I want to play Brazil. I don't know that I want to play Argentina. I don't know that I want to play um, Spain or maybe England. You know, there's always that fun thing with the U.S. and England playing each other. Um, let's not forget what happened in 2010 as well, you know. Um, ah, yes. 1-1. One, one. Never forget that one. <laughs> much different England team, of course, obviously. Yeah. It's it's going to be a fun thing to go and finally have that draw on Friday and know who you're who you're going to be playing. You can, Greg Berhalter can already start the homework uh, when it comes to the, the draw there. Um, but yeah, it's just, well, we'll have to see. Obviously, we have to wait a while to finally get who is going to be those last few pot four uh, teams there and, and make up the rest of that, you know, form of 32. But I kind of already talked about it, but uh, heartbreak city for a lot of these, uh, the the African company. I mean, you, you go around and, and, you know, you say for the most part, a lot of the big, the big stars are going to be there, but one that won't be Mo Salah, he got knocked out again by Senegal. And uh, again, it was to the point where with Liverpool fans, you had to choose which main man would you want to see at the World Cup because there's only one of them. It wound up being Sadio Mane. Wound up being Sadio Mane. Lasers everywhere while taking a penalty. Probably not the best of circumstances at all there. But yeah, I mean, you hate to see it. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have Mo Salah in the World Cup. We won't have Slatan in the World Cup. Sweden didn't make it. Uh, but you have to wonder how much Slatan really, really, really would have played um, at that point. Uh, Nigeria, after all the money they invested uh, into their team and everything, did not make it. Ghana makes it instead. Um, Algeria, no Mares as well as Algeria doesn't make it. Um, we'll have to see with, will Ukraine be able to make the miracle happen? Uh, or will it be Scotland, who we haven't seen in the World Cup in a long time? Uh, I, I, I mean, it. one Cinderella story versus the fan base that is the Tartan Army. Yeah. And then, of course, will we get another heroic performance from uh, Gareth Bale, who doesn't 
show up for Real Madrid, but when it comes to putting on those whale colors, <laughs> uh, the 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 whales colors, he is all down. And as he said, he would go into the ground for this country. Um, it will be interesting to see if Wales gets to complete the the heroic uh, feat there as well. And then you know, uh, you would imagine Peru and Costa Rica would be the ones to to get through, but man, perhaps upsets there. It, especially more so Peru and Australia, because you figure with Australia in BB in the final round of Asian qualifying, you could practically have locked them in getting that fifth playoff. I, I don't know about that. Group B was really tough. It was, and this is my point. They were in that group B. And that's why I say when it came to the playoff out of the myriad of teams they could have faced in Group A, it's like, who is really going to in competition? That's why I was like, all right, I see those matches are in. And the man who is at times my disembodied voice, I am his Brian Espinoza. I love you. We talked about Peru. I'm giving you another shout out, but be yeah, careful. I, I, be careful. My best friend at work, he is also uh, Peruvian, but... um. His his daughter is half Peruvian. His wife is Peruvian. So he goes for the Peru national team because obviously Puerto Rico is is not going to make it to the the World Cup anytime soon. Um, and you know, so for him, that's his team. Uh, you know, aside from the U.S., so he's really really hoping that uh, he's going to be seeing Peru in, in the World Cup. And I hope for him. And always good when you can get another combo bowl team, even though. In 2010, the Commonwealth teams did not do well. Um, so we'll see if that changes now that it's not in Europe. It's in Qatar, which, you know, when we get outside of Europe, we do tend to have some of these wild card, you know, CONCACAF teams, um, the uh, South America teams do better. Yeah. Will an, will an Asian team do well, considering, especially, you know, some of these, like Iran or um, something like that, uh, Surprise, considering you know you're in that area of the world. I mean, uh, Saudi Arabia could they pull off something? So would be interesting to see how that all shape you know shapes out when we get to the World Cup, of course. And and will the hosts uh, play their part? And usually, what we see the hosts do, which is at least um, make it out of the group stage, or or at least make it difficult for the teams in their group. And considering you know what we've seen of them. They've been pretty decent, so, mm -hmm. you know, uh, should be an interesting one. But, again, kind of only, thankfully only have to wait a few days for that draw, and then at least we'll know what teams are going to be where. Still got to wait, man, eight months. Crazy to think. Usually by the time we're finishing qualifying, it's only a few months you got to wait. It's a long way. You'll be thinking about almost Thanksgiving dinner if you're in the United States uh, when uh, that World Cup starts, so. But in a way, it's kind of like, shoo, don't have to worry about it. You know the U.S. is in. Now it's all about just kind of getting ready, hoping everybody gets healthy. You have the best team you can have available. Some players get in form. And now uh, after Friday, which, what is your schedule like in the morning, Eric? What is Depends on if I'm awake. If I can be up at that time, maybe I don't have a whole bunch of Thursday night. Get to bed early, set my alarm, be up for the draw at 10 o'clock. I can do my best, because ideally I don't like sleeping in until 2 in the afternoon all the time, though. Right. 
I don't want to say that because every time I try to plan for a, oh, let's do it right after, for some reason it takes longer than it should. Not on my on my end, but also something will happen with that draw where they push it to where it lasts way longer than it should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that thing should be like 15 minutes and somehow going to make it last an hour, uh, which would make it impossible for me because I have to leave at 11, 11.15 at the latest to get to work at 12. So I'll probably be able to watch it, but as far as I'd love to be able to record something before we I go off to work and then I'm not available at 10 o'clock at night. But uh, last, it would just have to be that way because uh, it's just not feasible, honestly. But we'll be uh, we'll be back on Saturday morning uh, by the time the audio listeners hear it, and probably probably by the time you video watchers will also be able to see it. Our thoughts on the World Cup draw, some early, early, way too early <laughs> predictions on who might actually win it and everything else as before they even get close to thinking about kicking the ball. We'll have to we'll have to make some decisions on who we think will win and all that. It's it's the fun part, right? <laughs> See how far you are from those predictions when you get to the actual teams like coming into camp and everything else. But all right, Eric, I mean that's it. World Cup qualifying is over for at least CONCACAF anyway. Um, still got some games to play. We'll be rooting for Costa Rica so you can have the four CONCACAF teams in there. Um, and then we will see how things go. Um, as far as what we're going to do now that we pretty much know that uh, US Men's national team, whenever they play, it's going to be very uh, sporadic. Um, we obviously will be covering US Women's national team as well. They have uh, their game against Uzbekistan. They've already Name the uh, the squad. Uh, we might talk about that on the next episode of a show, um, which this week might benefit us for it to be on Sunday. And then we'll go from there. Uh, the idea is to go back to the original way we were doing the show uh, when we first brought it back, which was more of a topic-oriented um and not so much trying to, I, I, we tried it and the first two weeks of MLS, it just wasn't working. I was sitting there watching hours of highlights and then forgetting half the songs watching and then realizing that for you guys, you guys can get that information in second, you know, you don't need, uh, let's go back to talking about things and we could talk about our teams and everything else and kind of, now you put a, a U.S. men's national team watch on some of the players, and keep track of them and things like that. But yeah, so we will cover U.S. women's national team. They do have uh, their own version of qualifying, the CONCACAF W Championship in July. Um, eight teams. It's going to be played in Mexico. Uh, eight teams, two groups of four. And then the fourth, the teams that get out of the group are the ones that qualify. And the winner of the entire thing qualifies for the... Uh, yeah, so that will be fun when we get to that as well. And yeah, so even though after the draw, we're really going to kind of not be talking about international stuff, we'll, we'll definitely be getting into club things, uh, following what we can, talking about those topics, and we'll still have our Manchester United moment and all that kind of stuff. We'll see what that team is. But it's, it feels yeah, like an since they played now. Yeah, because um, it's not like there's anything going on whatsoever. It man. Yeah, they just signed Pluto until like 2027 now, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but all right, 
until uh until the next time we see you on saturday uh, for that world cup draw talk later everybody peace